Good afternoon, friends. This is Sean Edwards. I'm back with Tool House, how-to tools for parents in schools. And this is the fourth episode of my podcast, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Love. Um, so I'm just going to briefly touch on some of the things that we talked about in our, the three previous episodes. And if you want details regarding uh, this information that I'm about to share with you, please uh, visit my other three episodes on Anchor which is my podcast platform. So I am Sean Edwards. I'm a parent of three, grandmother of two, Montessorian for over 30 years. Um, I'm also a positive discipline trainer and I have a master's in transformational leadership and coaching. So this is the work that I love uh, supporting parents and teachers and everybody really in the work that uh, they do with children and also in the relationships that they have in general. Um, So in the very first session, we talked a lot about, oh gosh, parenting is really about us and uh, first and foremost, what do, how do we behave? How do we show up and what kind of things are we inviting? What kind of behaviors are we inviting from our children? So we talked a little bit about how to figure out what that looks like. Um, And there's a little quiz you can take if you look at my very first episode. Um, And it really has to do with deciding which shape you like best. Um, We talked about helping our children develop uh, three important perceptions and four important skills that are going to support their um, interaction with the world in a very joyful kind of um, productive manner. And those perceptions perceptions are capability, value, and power. And the skills are interpersonal, intrapersonal, systematic, and judgment skills. Uh, Again, find out more information about uh, that if you um, look back at my previous episodes. And then we talked about encouraging and empowering children um, with language. And we talked about asking instead of telling and how important that can be, um, you know, to help your children feel capable and empowered. And then we talked about the I notice approach, which really helps them to develop critical thinking skills and uh, invites them to converse with you instead of being told what to do. Um, and then we talked about always always having a kindness and firmness approach where you're affirming, you're acknowledging, and then you're setting the boundary. All right, so uh, then we talked about, last and but not least, in our last session, we talked about the need behind the behavior. So Alfred Adler, um, father of positive psychology, or individual psychology, um, shared with us that all behavior is purposive. And what that means is that there's a purpose behind every behavior. Every behavior has a need. So if we can start identifying what the need is and start um, meeting the need, then maybe and likely the um, annoying, unpleasant behaviors will just start to dissipate and go away. And then we can actually interact with a real authentic person um, in a way that's cooperative and most importantly, respectful. All right, so then we talked about that there are typically four needs behind behavior. Um, when it's charging or triggering us, we know that there's something going on and that this other person and or this child has a need that's not being met. So the needs are either attention or power or revenge um, or the child does not feel capable. So we call that assumed inadequacy. All right, so maybe they're taking on one of those um, Uh, perceptions about themselves and today what we're going to talk about is oh let's talk about those four needs right and so when we what do they look like when they're showing up what is the child feeling when that behavior is prevalent and what is the coded message the coded message will tell us what they need and and how to meet the need 
All right, so let's think about behavior as um, an iceberg. And above the water is the tip of the iceberg, and that's where the behavior is palatable. You can see it, you can, you know, hear it. Uh, you know, you're, it's, it's live and tangible. You know, you're all in, your emotions are in it. That's the behavior. And then right underneath the water, is the, there's the belief behind the behavior. And then farther down into the iceberg is the coded message. What is the child actually looking for? All right, so you've got your iceberg visualized. Now, we're going to talk about attention first. If you have a negative attention seeker, you know what that's like. They're constantly um, interrupting you, um, disrupting you, disturbing you at, at you know, the most inappropriate times. And likely there's a pattern that's been created there because you're probably giving that child or that person attention when they're seeking it in a negative way. All right, so they're always um, interrupting the class or interrupting you when you're talking with one of their siblings or interrupting you with, when you're on the phone or just acting silly and goofy or maybe even acting acting out in a way that's, um, you know, seeking you, seeking your, um, your tendency to want to, like, correct them. Um, and the reason why they're doing it is because they're feeling right underneath the tip of the iceberg is I belong only when you give constant attention to me or give me special service or attention. So you're actually giving in to their negative attention seeking and it's working. So they're continuing to do it. And guess what the coded message is? It's just notice me and involve me usefully. So if you remember that somebody who's seeking negative attention on a regular basis wants to be noticed and they want to be involved usefully. All right, so when attention is the need behind the behavior underneath the water of the iceberg, here are some things you can try. Would you be willing to help me with making dinner? You're noticing them and you're involving them usefully. Let's make a deal. How about you get some work done and then we can go on a bike ride together? This is quiet time. We can play with the Legos after we have had some rest. Thanks for helping. I appreciate it. I hear you and I look forward to helping you as soon as I can. Tomorrow you can start your morning being loud and silly for 10 minutes before we get dressed. So you notice how those opportunities um, help the children be, to be help the child to be noticed and then involved usefully and also acknowledged and affirmed and that's really really helpful. So also one thing to remember about these children is that it's uh, you know it's really counterintuitive because when they're not seeking negative attention and they're kind of off on their own doing their own thing we have a tendency to want to just leave them alone and we're just so thankful that they're not you know disturbing us or disrupting us from what we're doing um and what really needs to happen is those are the times that we need to seek that child out and invite them to help you with making dinner or invite them on a bike ride all of a sudden they're getting the attention that they want they're getting noticed they're getting involved usefully and so that negative attention seeking behavior is going to go away. All right, now let's talk about the iceberg of power. Okay, so when children are seeking power, and this could be as young as a toddler with tantrums, right? They're saying no, and they're trying to own their own power, and they don't want to be controlled by you, and they don't want to be doing what you um, have asked them to do or what you've told them to do or whatever the schedule mandates they, that they do. And so that's the behavior the, above the iceberg. And so what's happening right underneath the water unconsciously is that they're feeling that they belong only when they're the boss or when they don't let you boss them. And so chances are they're being too controlled, they don't have enough choice in their life, and need a little bit more autonomy, no matter the age. So what their their um, coded message to you is, is let me help and give me choices. 
All right. So when you're when you're dealing with a child who is, you know, very combative, very argumentative, seeking their personal power, you could try some of these things or, you know, these statements or these ways of interacting with them. I need your help. What ideas do you have to fix this problem? What would you like? Would you like to take your uh, bath before or after dinner? You're offering them a choice, giving them back some power. What is your plan for getting your chores done this week? Oh, putting it back in their court so they can decide how they're going to do it. You are making some good points. It'll be easier to listen when we are both calmer. So we can talk again after dinner. How about that? Okay, acknowledging and affirming, giving them some choices. I appreciate your help. Would you like to help make dinner or help with the dishes? Okay, so you're acknowledging and affirming and noticing them in terms of the help that they can give and then giving them choices. I see that you're really angry. I look forward to talking when you when you are finished screaming and crying. So in this instance, it's really um, important for us to maintain our emotional, um, you know, to regulate our emotions so we're not being reactive um, because they're out of control when they're seeking power often, if they're, especially if they're screaming or tantruming. And so then when they're able to actually control our emotions and we lose our control, then they have control of us. And that's scary for children. Uh, So we want to make sure that we're staying calm, like in that last sentence. I see you're really angry. So you're acknowledging and affirming their emotion. And then you're setting the boundary. I look forward to talking to you when, when you're calm, when you're finished screaming and crying. All right, so revenge is hard too because these are the children that are going to be saying things like, I hate you, or slamming the doors, or throwing things at you. Um, They're seeking revenge because they're hurting, okay? So all of um, the seeking of revenge and the the hurtful things that they're saying or doing are above the iceberg. They're tangible and palatable. And what's going on underneath the water? Well, their feeling is, I don't feel like I belong and I'm hurting, so I'm going to hurt you and others. And what's their coded message? Validate my feelings. So here are some ways that you might want to think about doing um, validating, you know, in an instance like this where they're being really hurtful because they're hurting themselves. You could try, which also, just like with the attention one, very counterintuitive, but you can try um, saying things like this. When you hurt me or others, I know you're hurting and I'm really sorry. Would you like a hug? When you hurt others, I wonder what you feel hurt about. Would you like to talk about it now or later? Why don't we both take a breath, cool off, and then come back and try again? It looks like you're having a really bad time right now. Would you like to talk about it? Do you know I really care about you? All right, and assumed inadequacy. This is the children, you know, these are children and people, adults, you know, likely, likely as well. Um, who don't want to try new things, who kind of exhibit that fear of failure on a consistent basis because they really don't feel like they're capable. Um, And oftentimes as they get older, they'll, they'll start to act out and be disruptive because they would rather look uncooperative than not able or not capable. Um, And so they kind of give off this image of, I give up, leave me alone. I don't want to try. Sometimes it's laced with some anger. Uh, But what's going on underneath the iceberg is um, they're feeling incapable and they want you to believe in them and not give up on them. And the coded message, don't give up on me, have faith in me. So this one can be uh, difficult and this one also really, um, uh, you know, is successful if you're modeling, uh, making mistakes and trying new things 
and you know not giving up the first time something gets hard like modeling is really really important as we know um, in parenting so when you're meeting the need of a child with assumed inadequacy you could try statements like this remember when you first tried to tie your shoe and how, how hard was it were you good at it at first no but you kept doing it how about we try now you could also try how about doing this very first small step first and then celebrating the smallest of steps and the smallest of progress. Okay, so um, celebrating the, the smallest of, of steps and giving chunking things into small steps is really powerful. Um, or And in the beginning, let's do it together. It's okay to make mistakes. That's how we learn. I'll put on one of your shoes and you put on the other. Okay, so you're joining them and, and you're with them and you're having faith in them. I can't remember how to use my iPad. Could you show me? This is really important because you're modeling asking for help when you don't know something. And I could really use some help. Again, modeling asking for help when things are tough. All right, so those are the four needs behind the behavior. Attention, power, revenge, a shutdown, assumed inadequacy. And um, I've given you some tips on what's going on in the unconscious of the child's m- mind because you, you can see the behavior, you can feel it. That's very conscious. Um, and it's our job as parents to kind of figure out what their needs are and try to start meeting those needs because then um, the, they shift into that long-term internal locus of control where they, they feel like they're noticed and involved usefully. They feel that their feelings are affirmed, right? And they feel capable. And that's really, really important as your children are growing up. You want them to have that, uh, those perceptions of themselves so that they develop a strong um, sense of integrity and value that they can always uh, resort to rather than responding to out, like, outside stimuli and, and uh, responding to that external locus of control. All right, I am leading a parent coaching group, um, and it's also going to be... It's going to start out with lots of instruction, um, and then it's going to graduate to me facilitating um, ongoing solution-oriented problem-solving with like-minded parents. So it's going to be like a group coaching um, parent uh, time together, and I'm really looking forward to it. I have a free introductory session on Monday, March 22nd, so you can join me on Zoom, meet me face-to-face, and then hear a little bit about the program. And then hopefully you'll join. It actually starts officially April 19th. And you'll learn tools from me. You'll be coached. And then we'll together as as parents, we'll we'll solve uh, parenting problems and be together in this as parents. It's hard work, people. Um, So you can always reach out to me also by email, seanedwards at toolhouse.com. Or call me or text me, 713-824-0530. All right, this is my last episode in this particular podcast, and there will be more, so stay tuned.